Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Yo, what the heck is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Kind of Funny Games Cast. You're home for all things video games here at Kind of Funny with two familiar but new faces to the Games Cast crew. Myself and Paris Lily from the X Cast are taking over with one sweet, sweet Andy Cortez to talk about a very dope video game. We've gone hands on with Redfall. But before we talk about our Redfall preview, let's go around the board. Paris, how you feeling today? Welcome to the Gamescast, a little different from our green background. I know, right? I, I get to be on a show with Andy, so that's always exciting. But no, I'm good, man, doing good. <laughs> that's great, I'm, I'm glad to hear it. And yes, we get Andy this week. You missed it, we did the Woe Long Fallen Dynasty review. Mm -hmm. Andy was on, and of course, that was a week you were gone. So we finally get the two of you together. Paris, when you look at Andy, what game do you think you two would vibe with the most? If you guys were to play co-op together or maybe squad up in some multiplayer, what's the game you two you think would vibe with? I want to, there's two actually. I want to do co-op with Andy on Returnal oh. and Elden Ring. Oh, dang. I know, wow. I know, you, I know you've, had, you've had a chance to do it, Mike, and uh -huh. I'm actually very jealous that we've not done it. We got to link up. Paris, okay. if you just promise not to drive me up the goddamn wall, <laughs> then I'd be down. Because Mike, Mike just Mike makes me contemplate retirement. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's just a bait of the ass. But I love him. God, I love him. But, but, I love but that can, guy. But can I give a, a slight sneak peek? I got yeah. a feeling there's another game I'm definitely going to want to do co-op with. Ooh, okay. A little sneak peek here. Okay, okay. Well, of course, there is the game that is co-op that we're going to be talking about in just a little bit. But, Andy, you're back on the games cast. Of course, we're taking over today. How are you feeling? How are you looking today, Big Papa? I'm feeling great. I took a week off from games cast because I was uh, working on all of the overlays that I'm sure if any of y'all have tuned into the mm -hmm. kind of funny game showcase that we're doing right now for GDC. Um, they were also reviewing Resident Evil 4 and... You know, I as a child of God, I would never touch that game. The game's for the devil. The game's made by the by demons, and I have one nothing to do with Resident Evil 4 remake. But the demo was pretty sick, actually. It was scary as shit, but it was pretty awesome. So I might actually play Resident Resident Evil 4 remake. We'll see. That's great to hear, Andy. That's going to be a hot game this year. So I do hope you check it out. Of course, another hot game right now, Paris Lily. Before we jump into the fun, Diablo 4 beta right now. Open Woo! beta. Starting this weekend for everybody. If you pre-purchased it, you played it last weekend. Holy cannoli, we spent a lot of time in hell, me and Andy Cortez. Paris, <laughs> did you jump into it? A little bit. I didn't I didn't get a chance to play as much this weekend as as I wanted to, but I, I definitely will, you know, coming up here this week. But uh I had even tweeted it out. I've not played a Diablo game since the first one. So wow. this oh, all wow. felt very brand new to me jumping in nice. into that. Interesting enough, I played on PC. Uh, and at first I was doing mouse and keyboard and I switched the controller. I think I like playing on controller better. There you me go. Too. There you go. Uh, 
it's a very mouse and keyboard heavy game, of course, yeah. coming from the PC side of things. But you got to give credit to that team. They nailed yeah. the controller input Dude. back with Diablo 3. It's truly impressive, and it feels great. I mean, I was on the couch pairs playing with Andy, and it felt so good to just have the Xbox Elite controller in hand laid up on the couch. It was perfect to break away yeah. from the desk. So shout out to them for that one. Uh, me and Andy did try to take on the world boss. We got absolutely <laughs> annihilated. So for all of you out there, get ready. Diablo 4 this coming weekend is finally the open beta so you don't have to go buy that kfc double down all five classes will be available hopefully you take advantage of it and play a little bit before june we're not too far away but we're just far enough away where it's going to make you miss it just a little bit because this game is an absolute banger but i'm, we're I'm not hearing here. mike mike i'm hearing Tell you me. have to act, you have to buy the bk stacker to, oh. to get it. <laughs> dude i had a blast with this i had a blast with yeah. diablo though i know this is we'll talk about red fall hunter in a second i I'm kind of like Paris. I don't have a whole lot of experience with the Diablo franchise. I was always more of the World of Warcraft guy back in the day. Mm. And so I remember a friend of mine, when you bought, uh, when I was in college, and when you bought Diablo 3, you could give somebody like a starter pass, and they could kind of play the game as well. I don't know if it was like for a limited amount of time. And I played it, I was like, you know, this is kind of cool. It's just not really for me right now. But holy cow, Diablo 4 immediately shot up to like my most anticipated games of the year. Had a blast with it. Combat's great. Visually, it is gorgeous on PC. Uh, I'm like Paris. I play on controller. I, I've never been a huge fan of the mouse and keyboard aspect with games like this. And I think, I forget who it was, so I'm sure the comments will let me know. But they, they, they kind of nailed it for me when they said that clicking a character around kind of reminds me of like command and conquer where i'm leading and that's what it is an yep. army of people yep. as opposed to yes. like just one person so controller input for me was awesome i had a blast with it yeah and i think you nailed it on that that's exactly why i switched over controller it just felt more natural for this type of game than, than it did to, to your point i felt like instead of i'm ordering people around like i'm right. actually controlling the character well, Had there's some fun stuff for you. Of course, me and Joey have our own games cast episode where we talk all things Diablo 4 and our preview with the hands-on. You're getting hands-on this weekend and last weekend. So go jump in. Get ready for it. It's a ton of fun. But we're not here to talk about Diablo 4. We are here to talk about Bethesda's big next title, Xbox's Big's next title. That's Redfall coming your way from Arcane Austin. We got hands-on with it. And we're going to tell you all about it right now during today's Kind of Funny Games cast, where we post each and every Wednesday at 6 a.m. West Coast, Best Coast time, YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games, RoosterTeeth.com, and of course on podcast services around the globe. Don't forget, Kind of Funny is now Epic Games Partners, which means if you are upgrading your look in Rocket League, Fortnite, or if you're still playing Fall Guys like me, please use our Epic Creator Code, Kind of Funny, at checkout anytime you make a purchase to help support the team in a brand new way. Andy talked about it. he made a bunch of awesome graphics, and GDC Week is happening right now here in sunny San Francisco. Indie developers from all around the globe are joining us today here in the studio to show off 14 incredible video games that you need to know about. And you can catch that stream right now over on VOD, youtube.com slash kind of funny games. Enjoy seven hours of drinks, games, fun, and a good time with all these awesome indie devs that you definitely want to circle and keep an eye on. Because me and Andy, we saw some really dope games. Luna Abyss, 
That's Ooh. a must-see, y'all. You're going to see it on this stream. Go check it out, please. Of course, talking about support, we always like to thank those who support us over on Patreon. Today's episode is not live, but if you support us over on Patreon, you can always catch all of our live recordings there, and you can also become a Patreon producer, just like this month's Patreon producers, Tripod Double Plus and Delaney Twining. Thank you both for thank your you. supports. This week, the kind of or this week, the games cast is sponsored <laughs> by Honey, but we'll tell you all about that in a little bit. Let's jump into it paris andy we get to talk all things redfall we have gone hands-on now for everybody out there it was about two weeks ago so memories might be a little fuzzy but it's going to be a ton of fun to talk about it paris i want to start with you and i want to go around the table of of course our first impressions what we thought of going hands-on with this but most importantly paris we finally have a definitive answer what this game is because of course we talked about it on the x cast is it borderlands is it left for dead oh it's far cry what is it so paris in your best quick description what the heck is redfall for people who are still questioning it redfall is definitely more far cry than anything of all the comparisons that we made um it is obviously a four-player co-op open world experience you're hunting down vampires you're taking down certain objectives uh the four characters have their own unique ability special abilities that they have there's various weapon drops that you'll be able to pick up along the way i i can say now we did not get to play co-op and i'm sure we'll talk about this a little bit more as yes. we, we go in depth so i basically had a single player experience going through playing redfall but i quite enjoyed my time um you know had about hour and a half hour 45 minutes hands-on time being able to play it and uh, i really enjoyed it i really enjoyed the open world of redfall um it, it is dense is probably the best description that I can give it where you look at the map and you think, ah, oh, maybe the map isn't that big, but you're on foot. And when you're actually in the world, I just kind of just explored around. There was an objective that I ultimately, you know, completed by the end, but I love the freedom of just being able to walk around and there was all kind of various activities going on at the same time. Uh, the weapons felt very good. Um, that was probably the biggest, ple most pleasant surprise that I had. The, the gunplay in it felt very good uh, being able to take down vampires, you know, uh, other activities that were happening. The vampire nest, obviously the the one big objective that, that you do take on at, at the end. Um, every, everything felt good from from a weapon standpoint. Um, ability wise, I actually didn't use a lot. Um, I, I was Jacob when I played and he had he had stealth, but. Um, didn't really find a lot of scenarios where I absolutely had to use it. So I used it pretty sparingly. But even that, I can see as you go through the skill tree and start to update it, it's going to feel good. And I feel like you said a quick description, and I'm going a lot. So no, I'm, I'm going to perfect, stop. Paris. I'm glad yeah. that you're doing that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, no. Yeah, go ahead, please. Oh, I was going to say, we'll move on to Andy, but finish it off really quick, Paris. No, no. I was just going to say, um, really enjoyed it. I mean, my, my one caveat, which I'm sure we'll have a bigger discussion, is how is all this going to balance out in a co-op setting? That yes. That's still the one question that I have. Um, I did have the opportunity to sit down with the creative director, uh, Ricardo, and and we kind of, you know, we'll get into this a little more, ask him some of the questions that we've talked a lot about on XCAST. So got some, some pretty definitive answers from that as well. But overall, this is shaping up to... To, I'm excited. Let's put it that way. I'm very excited for, for May 2nd to get here because um, it's looking like it's going to be a very fun experience. 
like hearing that. And yeah, just so everybody hears it again, like Paris said, even me and Andy, we all played single player during this hands-on preview. There was no co-op available to us. So you're going to hear us from a single player standpoint. We'll talk about, I mean, I'm sure me and Paris both had some questions for Ricardo regarding co-op. So we'll talk about that as well. But a lot of this is going to come from the lens of single player. So Andy, tell me your impressions of what you thought of your time with Redfall. Redfall, uh, Seems promising, even though there are some things that I wasn't quite as hyped on uh, when I got in there. And I don't, I wish I had more time with it. I wish yeah. the demo was a bit longer because even speaking to Mike afterwards, it seemed like Mike experienced a numerous more things than I was able to experience. Stuff that I felt was missing and was like, damn, it's kind of weird how, you know, I was just fighting like the same enemy and I didn't see a whole lot. And then Mike hits me with, well, I fought this type of enemy, and I fought this type of enemy. I was like, oh, shit, I, didn't, I never saw either of those two. But yeah, uh, totally agree with the Far Cry comparisons. This very much feels like a go-where-you-want-and-explore-how-you-want sort of thing with the Borderlands uh, idea of selecting one of the four characters that have their own um, sort of classes and, and abilities and things like that. I played as... The other male character, who's the influencer, uh, he's like the an Binder. internet influencer. Yeah. Finder? Devinder. Uh, Devinder. Yeah. Um, and I liked his sort of vibe, which uh, they gave us a neat little rundown of these characters' <laughs> lore and how uh, this is a dude who uh, has sort of a podcast about um, all sorts of like, is Bigfoot real and are vampires real and all that stuff? Now he feels super justified that, yes, all this stuff is real and it's happening here in Redfall. Um, I I I have some some qualms with it. Um I do feel like I it must have been the section that I was playing it didn't feel as alive as I wanted it to feel. There were a couple of areas that I see a house and it's boarded up on the bottom floors and I go, "Ooh, well I'm Devinder and I have this really cool ability where I have um if anybody's played Loba in Apex Legends, you toss a translocator and where wherever it goes as it's about to land, you transport to it." Maybe I can get into the house from an upper floor, and everything else was not. I get to the upper floor of the house, and I'm not able to enter in any other way there. So I was like, "Damn, that that kind of felt like it was limiting there me there a bit." Um, I also feel like I would have enjoyed this way more if I could have played on keyboard and mouse. Unfortunately, mm -hmm. they only had uh, controllers available, so that like automatically lessened the experience. But I still came away. Um, excited to check out the final product this is still a game i'm very very much looking forward to and i'm very happy that uh paris is a lot more positive on it because i had a feeling that maybe i just wasn't seeing the right stuff um but yeah still a game that i'm looking forward to play whenever it does come out and i will be playing on keyboard and mouse and i just want to feel that action a bit more kind of getting into the groove of lowering down the enemies then switching to the weapon that has a stake on it state like feedback sound awesome as hell like i love the the headshot sort of feedback you get mm. um whenever a, a shooter can do that and do it well i'm completely in uh mike how did you feel about redfall yeah you know uh want to shout out of course you guys is coming in with that as if you've been listening to the kind of funny x cast you know i've been probably lukewarm and might be the biggest critic of this but coming out of it and looking back on our time i'm a lot more positive i am impressed with what we saw i have a clear vision of what this game is now and that's what i really needed from this hands-on event right we've now known it is very similar to far cry and when you put arcane and you allow them to cook up something special mm -hmm. with such world detail right and the ability 
ability to put the player and their choices at the front of it, right? Of like, I played as Layla and she has some really cool abilities to, of course, pop up with her little mini elevator. I can deflect bullets with the umbrella. And also what sold me on her, she has her zombie boyfriend where I can send out a companion to go fight for me and with me. I thought that was really fun on the single player side, but I was impressed with the world detail, right? When we talk about Far Cry and you just kind of get lost in the minutia of, oh, I've been on this island for 40 hours and I'm just getting bored of the same repetitive stuff. I thought the detail and the attention to detail that this team put in really showcases the game, right? It's a much smaller scale, their biggest game, but a much smaller experience than what you would see in Far Cry 6, right? And so running around and just experiencing the world itself, finding those little nooks and crannies that you brought up, Andy, of being able to go into a house and really explore and come out of it. I also went in to a um, vampire nest, which I thought was really well done of like going into this underground world and it being totally different than above and having this fun moment at the end where it's all collapsing upon you and you got to leave. I was impressed with what I saw. I'm actually much more positive than where I was two weeks ago heading into this event. And so I'm looking forward to having a discussion with you guys of the goods and the bad. I am a little worried on the co-op side of things. I think it will be very fun to put the player agency first and allow you and four friends to really cook up and do something weird with the gameplay mechanics that they've done. But I think you will lose the story. There will be a lot of talking over it. You won't have that really fun creepy eerie feeling like you brought up andy of like the sound design in the world really goes a long way when you're playing solo so i think there's some good and some bad but all in all i'm much more positive on this experience than i thought i was going to be going into it but we're going to tell you a little bit more about that right after a word from our sponsors Shout out to Honey for sponsoring this episode. Honey is the easy way to save when shopping on your iPhone or computer. And thanks to Honey, manually searching for coupon codes is a thing of the past. And we all know there's nothing better than the feeling of saving money. Honey is the free shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one it finds to your cart. When you check out, the Honey button appears and all you have to do is click apply coupons. You wait a few seconds, you see the fun little dancing guy. Honey searches for coupons and it finds you the best ones. And then you just watch the prices drop. We here at Kind of Funny have been using Honey for years and it's helped us save thousands on tech, costumes, food, you name it. Honestly, I just love how easy it is to just set and forget and save. That's the best part. Honey doesn't just work on desktops, it works on your phone too. You just activate it on Safari on your phone, you save on the go. If you don't already have Honey, you could be straight up missing out. You can get PayPal Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash kindoffunny. That's joinhoney.com slash kindoffunny. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. All right, guys, let's talk about it right now. We've given our overall impressions. Let's jump into the game, play this open world. And that's where I want to touch on is I've touched on the world detail, but the open world for me, I was impressed with, you know, Andy, I know you brought up, it kind of was kind of empty and bleak. For me, I was impressed. The day night cycle really showed off and showcased two different worlds that you're going to see at night. A lot more vampires out and about. Of course, they have blocked out the sun. So the vampires are there 
all the way through the day, but it is prevalent of, hey, there's a lot more vampires in a different scene in the nighttime as opposed mm-hmm. to the daytime where you can see a lot more cultists. And I was impressed with it felt different in both areas. I re-walk, I walked through the same area twice, once at night, once in the day, and like seeing people there and not there in certain times, seeing people like kind of the emergent gameplay of like, oh, now all of a sudden there's some survivors that are tied up and I have to go save them from some cultists in the daytime. Oh, they're not there at night. Where did they go? I thought that was kind of impressive. And so I like the world that I'm seeing right now, especially the detail of being able to go into certain buildings and really explore. Paris, what were your vibe on the world and the detail itself? Yeah, I mean, that's was probably my my best take takeaway from it was the open world and just feeling like there were just all so many dynamic activities that that were happening depending on where you went. And kind of to to your point, Andy, I think the fact that I went off the beaten path immediately instead of going directly to what what was considered the you know the, the story directive that we're supposed to do I, I feel like i saw a lot more and i and it has been a few weeks so i am blanking on exactly what this activity was but i came ar- ar- around this one house and i had to start up a generator on it and when i did that there was just this random encounter that happened with this vampire and it almost sparked off this mini horde mode that happened you know with, with various cultists that were coming and i had to take them out and then you you ultimately like I think the vampire spawns or borns. I'm I'm blanking and I apologize for that. But the point is, this was dynamic in the world. It isn't a set encounter that's always going to happen in that location. It, it can happen other places in the world. And it was a fun activity that had nothing to do with the main story. But you do get some XP from it. You can get a potential weapon drop from it, things like that. So you are encouraged to want to participate. And to, to Mike's point, the day-night cycle plays into that as well. That activity ha- happened at night, but it isn't going to happen during the day, as an example. But during the day, other things can happen that won't happen at night. So I really like that dynamic of the open world where I feel like there's going to be a lot of things to do outside of the main story. Um, I don't know if we want to go in, in, into negatives at all. I don't know if you want me to keep going on that. Let, but let, We'll stick with the positives yeah, for yeah, just a little bit. Yeah. Then we should go into the negatives for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but but uh, the other positive I had was, uh, again, another activity out in the world is, is the Vampire Net. I'm, I'm with Mike. I really enjoyed when I was able to go do that and, and you know, going through it and you get to the end game portion of that. And then, you know, you basically are almost like taking out a mini boss at, at the very end. I thought that was pretty cool. It does bring up the question of how many of those are in the world. Are they dynamic? Is it the same thing over and over? Th- things like that. But the the open world itself again, was probably my favorite thing that that I experienced in this, because like I said, I felt it was very dense. I felt like every house that you encountered, you would go in. You never know what's around the corner. There could potentially be something to do while while you're in there. So I thought that was pretty good. I like the variety of weapons. I thought that was pretty Mm. neat. Uh, Yeah. yeah. You essentially have three different weapons you can have equipped. Um, I believe three, right? Um, You can have three equipped. And I think they said you could have up to 40 stashed i believe i believe so yeah um and they all sort of vary where you know with these vampires you get their health low enough and you need to have a weapon that has a stake on the end of it to get the killing blow you need to have either an ar or rifle or something with with some sort of like um what's the band no not stake yeah but a stake but there's the other word i'm looking for it's like at the oh the bayonet bayonet yeah yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. um and that's where you would use to kind of get the the killing blow on them but it's not only just weapons. You also have uh, these really cool UV light 
guns that are also used to kind of lower down the enemy health. Um, there's all the, It seems like they've got the right rhythm there when it comes to equipping weapons and getting um, your sort of typical loot findings where here's an uncommon one, here's a rare one, here's a legendary weapon. Um, and I feel like they were very gracious with those in this test where you kind of had a big range of things you could find. Um, there were really neat moments that reminded me of my favorite moments of playing Far Cry where there was like a little uh, occultist sort of encampment and I'm using, again, I'm the character who has this translocator and his abilities are he can teleport to this little device that he throws. He also has a spear that, of electricity that you could throw at people. Um, and one really cool ability that I had was the I get to a little encampment and there are a bunch of cultists with a turret set up and they are guarding something. And so um, I, I always just think, like, what's the most creative way to kind of get around this? So I used my translocator, threw it past the turret where I was still out of view. The turret lands behind or the, the translocator lands behind the turret. I appear there, take out the, the bad the bad guys that were there. One issue that I had though, and I talked to Mike a bit about this, and I'm I'm interested to hear what Paris says about it. Paris, were you able to like take anybody down melee style from behind, like a stealth kill? Mm. Oh, you're you're, you're muted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah sorry about that no um i didn't i didn't try yeah so okay. that okay. i'm, I'm okay. not sure because I, yes. I i wasn't able to and i talked to mike about it uh because there yeah. were several moments where you can kind of like quietly walk up to a vampire and i didn't have a prompt to either like you know the last of a shiv in the throat or whatever there wasn't like any sort of prompt there so i just kind of like started fighting them i and i know mike kind of ran into that as well right yeah, so I ran into one cultist and snuck up behind him, and there was no prompt in front of me. There is no special animation. It was just a simple melee in the back, and the guy fell down. So it wasn't anything like, oh, wow, you're doing something special here and really rewarded me for the gameplay. It was just simply he fell over. And so it was interesting that, that's on that so point, weird. That's Andy, so weird like compared said. to uh, other arcane games. Sorry to jump mm. in really quick. Just like thinking of Dishonored and stuff, which is like so like uh, stealth uh, specific, right? Where they uh, you have the abilities to lean into that. So it's interesting that um, that was something that they didn't have in mind. But granted, I know this is the uh, the prey team. I believe. Yeah, yeah. I was I was actually going to comment on that. This I I definitely could see more of the prey lineage mm. in this than than Dishonored. But going back to one thing Andy was talking about with with the weapons, one one important thing just talking to ricardo about this the weapons have levels to them but it's static rolls when they drop so what you get is what you get you're not going to be able to upgrade like if i i find a gun that i think is really cool but say it's at a level seven i'm not going to be able to upgrade it to a level 15 and keep it i'm going to have to find that same weapon again at at that level so I think that's kind of built in to encourage you, obviously, to want to replay and keep playing because you're going to want to get higher and better weapon drops as you go along. So I'm okay with that, but I kind of wish there was some type of crafting component to to the weaponry that we had. But I I get why they didn't do it in in this this type of game. And they do obviously have... uh sort of building out your skill tree, uh, which yes, yeah. I wasn't able yeah. to mess around with a whole lot. Again, I just, I wish we had like two more hours of this because I was, I was having fun and I wanted to find more of that fun. I just kind of felt like I was rushed a little bit uh, and that was likely due to me just kind of 
farting around in the main sort of fire department probably a bit too much talking to the NPCs. I should have <laughs> gone out there and, and I should have said yes to adventure, Mike. Um, yes. What sort of skill, how did you sort of see your skill trees? What sort of opportunities did you see there? What's, what were some things that you could have been like, oh, I, w- I wish I could upgrade to this one, you know? I will fully admit for me and they even when we were playing, they kind of encouraged it like, hey, we only have a limited amount of time. Don't waste too much time worrying about the skill tree. So I just kind of blindly threw some stuff in there and just ran out. And, you know, because I wanted to experience as much of the actual gameplay as I possibly could. But the the little that I I did see and remember of the skill tree, I mean, it's it seemed, you know, like there's going to be a lot of variety to it. And obviously, again, going back to talking to Ricardo, that's part of it where you're going to be playing you're going to want to max all that out as you play. So as you get more experience, as you start leveling up, you're going to be encouraged to want, you know, to, to upgrade that skill tree so you can maximize all the special abilities that you're going to have for each character. Yeah. I, I, I was similar to you guys, you know, just quickly put points in, but I wanted to make sure I touched on all my abilities. Right. And so I actually focused more on just two out of the three. I focused on my elevator jump and I was able to reduce the cooldown and actually do two in the row. So that was really nice of like throw one out, then immediately throw another one out. And I was hopping on rooftops. Mm -hmm. I was hopping over enemies. I thought that was really fun. I look forward to being able to do that and maybe, you know, annoy my fellow teammates like Andy with that mechanic. I think it's pretty fun. And also I jumped into the boyfriend, the companion, making sure he stayed out longer, did more damage or had more health. I thought that was really cool, but I am excited to see more with that and what you can do and kind of personalize your experience. Yeah. And see, and that brings up one other thing, again, going back to the fact that we couldn't do co-op because that that's part of it. Like with Jacob, with, with stealth, as you upgrade his skills, I not only can I make myself invisible, I can make all my teammates invisible at, at the yes. same time. Right. So if I still have a question when, when I, I think about this game is how are the different skills going to kind of synergize and complement each other in, in a co-op setting? You know, again, I talked to Ricardo about that a little bit. That's kind of the point of when you are playing four player co-op is that these abilities can work together so that you can solve the various scenarios that you, you're in in a unique way. So I'm, I'm excited to see that. I do wish we had that opportunity during the preview, but unfortunately, you know, like I said, it was only single player. Yeah, I actually spoke with Ricardo about that, and he kind of giggled. He said, you know, we've seen some of the playtesters on the team all be Layla and throw a bunch of elevators right right in front of a doorway, (laughs) and everybody got stuck. Or you could all be Jacob, right, and everybody can use their invisibility, and then one uses the invisibility, and you can just keep doing that as much as you want. And I think that's a cool one as well. We kind of talk about these co-op games, but having heroes at the forefront and you choosing them, you know, it's all up to us on what we want to be. It's nice that it's like, hey, if I'm Layla, that means Paris can't be Layla, right? He can be it if he wants to be, and we all can choose the same character. It was cool talking with Ricardo of the more time you spend with another person, that bond of your characters grows, and you'll actually get an expanded dialogue out of that. I thought that was really cool because a big one me and Paris have touched on on the X-Cast side of things is what does co-op look like is it untethered? Can I jump out and all my story progress come through? We've talked about that at length at the X cast. And so it was interesting of like the more time you spend with a certain person in their profile, 
the more dialogue you're going to get out of the two of you. So I thought that was really fun. Sure, I'm, we're going to hear a bunch of the same dialogue, but it is cool to be like, oh, there's levels to that, and you're going to get more layers. I thought that was pretty interesting. As the players grow with each other and your characters grow together, that was really, really cool. For me, I really liked the, or the vampire nest. I thought that was a really interesting gameplay mechanic. It's really cool to see. I walked into a movie theater and actually yeah, turned off the, the movie one. theater screen itself, mm-hmm. and then you walked through the screen to go into the vampire nest, which was really, really fun and interesting. And then on top of that, like I said, you fight through this small, you know, we'll call it arena-type situation from point a to point b but at the end when you actually kill the or the vampire heart and shut down the nest it starts to collapse and it gives you a small timer of like you have two and a half minutes to get out but there's five loot caches if you want to go grab them try to get as much as you can before it collapses or else you lose everything and i thought that was really fun of like the risk reward how much am i going to sit here and i'm sure with four people, I'm sure everybody will split off and get their own. But with one person, I felt like the agency of like, let me go grab as many as I could or what time should I leave? I thought that was really cool. And an interesting one to reward players for putting in the work on this side stuff. Like there's the main story, but there's a lot of content with side missions and just dynamic random events and these vampire nests to go do and spend some time in. And, and then there may be some variety with the... With the vampire nests, I was a bit underwhelmed with them, and that's why I'm hoping there is variety with them, because I'm hoping that they have sort of different mechanics, because as, as we just saw in the camera, the B-roll that Barrett is showing, there's a moment where you see a big heart that's sort of powering this vampire nest, and there are like three or four people attached to them, and you have, you have to go detach these people from the heart, and then yeah. destroy the heart. And when that happened, I expected, oh, it's about to go down. And, like, nothing happened after that. And so I, I guess my, my, my issue with the vampire nest was, like, it never quite felt like in the three or two that I visited, like, oh, this is almost like a, I don't want to compare it to Destiny, but Destiny's fresh on the mind. This is like a, a striker. I mean, mm-hmm. not even that. It's a very, very short, right? I was expecting more of a lost, lost sector. Yeah, exactly. I was expecting like a bit more of uh, of some sort of encounter with enemies. And uh, when I got there, I did I did appreciate the sort of mechanic of there's one vampire sort of tethered with his mind to a lot of other vampires, and if you shoot the vampire while the tether is up, everybody gets alerted. But you can kill it when the in the small amount of time that the tether is down. And then you can kind of go take out everybody else without alerting the whole horde. But when I say whole horde, I, there was maybe three in there. So, like, I didn't know if, like, am I going in here? What Do the developers want me to go in here to get the loot at the end? Or the developers want me to go in here to expect some sort of boss fight? I wasn't sure what they were trying to, like, have me do in there. Whether it's like, hey, this is a big loot cache that you can go get go treat yourself or hey go in here for a really cool encounter and then get rewarded for it but see i i guess i would throw in and i didn't i didn't ask this question i should have it does make me wonder to your point about there only being a few vampires when you're in the nest does the time of day matter because the whole point of the nest is during the day that's where the vampires are going to go literally go nest to go sleep so if you go in there during the day are there a ton of vampires in there? Is there not? I mean, that obviously that's another gameplay mechanic that we need to understand if, if it's going to be a part of the overall game. Uh, to slightly shift this. Yeah, let's start the, shifting because we don't have much time. So right, right. We don't have enough time. So yeah. 
the main objective that that you do, you know, have to complete, you know, from the story standpoint, um, I, I was able to, you know, to finish in the time allotted. But my question to you two, uh, the first time you encountered the Rook, which is a boss character in, in the game, were you able to take him out or did he take you out? I got killed by something else as the Rook was spawning. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think Andy got they, hit by the lightning bolts. <laughs> they, they, have, they have these Watcher sort of vampires that are yeah. like uh-huh. uh, guards, right? Which are, it's neat because they are one shot, one kill. They die, right? But if they're alerted, then they are not one shot, one kill. They are just like, they're up forever. And the mechanic that's happening in this world, the more sort of like, I don't want to, almost like a... um oh gosh, like a nemesis system, you're killing these more sort of highly thought of vampires in the vampire world. The more of those that you're killing, you are raising a bar that's continuously going up, and then once that bar is filled, then this enemy, the Rook, comes down. Never saw it, Paris, again, because this Watcher, as I, as I had fully brought out the Rook, the Watcher thing killed me, and yeah. then it like reset me, so I never got to see it, unfortunately. What was it like? How was it? Uh, it whipped my ass the first couple of times till I figured out exactly <laughs> what you're supposed to do. And, and this is, and I played just as another uh, aside, I, I played on standard difficulty. I, Same. they did give you the option of changing the difficulty and I didn't think it was overwhelmingly hard, but it did make me stop and have to think about what I was doing. You know, I did have to apply some strategy, you know, to be able to eventually take it out. I did use the fact that I have Jacob, that was one of the times I used Jacob's, you know, stealth ability to go invisible. Um, but I, I thought it was enjoyable. Um, I thought being a part of the the main story and then obviously just the puzzle elements once you go in the house and, and have to kind of unravel that mystery of what's happening there was interesting to me. Yeah. Um, it, it does. And again, this is why I say I'm excited and intrigued for the final game, because if this is just like kind of the first encounter, what it, how diverse are the other ones going to be? Are they really going to change it up? Is this really going to engage me? There's there's vampire gods that you're eventually going to encounter as boss characters. I want to see how all that plays out too. Yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to is, you know, we've gotten a small slice and it was a nice little taste of the early game, right? But then once we see the bigger picture, how much is this? How much fun can we have in this world? And how long will that fun last, right? I think a lot of people get burnt out on these giant open world games by doing the same mission over and over again, or maybe they see the same encounters over and over again. What has this team at Arcane done to really excite us 40 hours into this experience? That that brings me, if we want to just kind of jump into negative, yeah, let's jump that, into that, it. That, that would be my negative. That would be my concern. First and foremost, one thing that they talk that talking to Ricardo about was just the co-op aspect of it. Mm-hmm. And and because remember, what have we been talking about on XCast forever? I asked him directly. How the hell does co-op work? How does it work from a story standpoint? If I'm bringing in two of my buddies, um, you know, are they getting or is their progress being saved or they losing it? How, how does that work? And he explained that your your experience, like you're leveling up your character that will obviously carry over no matter where you play. But your the story elements do not. So if you want to play the story from start to finish, you're going to have to start your own story for it. You know that to do it from start to finish or that won't carry over one good thing maybe not good thing depending on how you want to look at it is let's say i'm a level 10 three of us are level 10s mike comes in he's a level two um the game will not be forgiving for him it will not scale for him being at a level two it will scale to us being at level 10 but you will progress quickly to kind of quote unquote catch up to where we are but saying all that 
Yeah, I know he will. But saying all that, where where I'm concerned, if I have a concern, it is going to be sure. I can play through all characters. I can level all four of them up. I can do the story multiple times. But to your point, Mike, how repetitive is this really going to get? How how dynamic and diverse is this open world going to be? How much time am I really going to want to invest after a few runs with my buddies getting maxed out? What what's the incentive to bring me back? You know, are the boss encounters still going to be the same? Are the dynamic events of the world still being the same? You know, the fact that the weapon drops are static, that that's almost like an artificial way to keep me coming back because there's certain weapons I want to get. I'm going to have to, you know, RNG the whole thing that goes along with that, you know, bring in a destiny term. But that would be my concern. Like I playing this preview, I, I guarantee you that first month, we're going we're gonna to freaking love this. I, I can tell already. But am I loving it in June, July, August on down the road? Is there enough replayability there to keep me coming back to it? And we clearly will not know until we get the co-op because we didn't get to experience that. We only played single player. Uh, yeah, to me, I think this is a beat it once and maybe help my friends beat the game as well. Right. Like I don't, yeah. I don't foresee myself kind of playing this in the long run. I do feel like it is... Uh, going to be a campaign style game for me where I might lose myself and kind of do a lot more extra things because maybe I'm just I'm just having fun and I'm enjoying the gameplay loop but I don't really see myself playing this in a more sort of long-term way um I wanted to bring up the really quickly the um lost my train of thought never mind that's all right. That's just right. <laughs> of course, in the future, just so everybody knows out there, they have announced that there will be two more heroes joining the game. So you can look forward to that in the future when we talk about longevity. Uh, Paris, I want to talk about you and I while Andy thinks of his thought. We only I, have I a little bit of time. Just there it is. It. Andy hit me with it right um, now. Just a quick thing to kind of um, respond to Barrett about like, yeah, this is a, this is an arcane game and you kind of expect certain things from the developer. Uh, they they were very upfront with that in the beginning of the presentation, saying, "Yes, because this is an arcane game, expect to be able to do multiple things. To, to expect many solutions for just one thing, right? Like if you're trying to get into a place, there's going to be a lot of different ways to do that. It's not just always going to be super linear and straightforward. There are many ways to skin the cat to be really gross and awful, but like." I, yeah, that's one thing to kind of expect from an arcane game. So I think the DNA of what you'd expect is still going to be there. Yeah, I like that. I uh, want to talk about the things that we learned quickly from Ricardo as well. Of course, I asked him, is this a tethered co-op experience, right? Coming hot off of you Xbox fans, Halo Infinite, and learning about the tether and what that tether system really is. This is an untethered experience. So, of course, I had to dive a little bit deeper and go, what does that mean? Can me and Andy start doing separate missions? And they said, yes, you two can do different missions as long as they're different types of missions. So Andy can be progressing the story while I do side missions. I can go jump into a vampire nest if I want to. They did state, hey, like Paris said before, like the world is going to be buffed up with multiple of you in there. So if you go off alone, it's not going to be easy, but you're more than welcome to just start running off on your own. They do believe that this will be a shared experience. You won't 
they think the outliers will be like me running away from Andy. They think everybody <laughs> will be together, which is how you should be playing. Don't run off by yourself. I wish they and just told also, you no. I wish they yeah. told you no, you can't do that. <laughs> exactly. Stick with your homies, right? Uh, another one they talked about was, of course, I asked them about the nest because there is multiple loading screens in this game, right? You load to go into the firehouse. You load to go into the vampire nest. And I wanted to know, well, if I'm going into a different instance, what happens with my friends outside? Are they getting pulled into this? What does that look like if they're off and about, right? And they said when someone starts a vampire nest in particular, the other players will receive a pop-up that will ask them to move towards the nest location. So I don't think they actually get pulled into it, but they will be cited like, hey, Mike is going to go in here. You might want to come with him. So I thought that was interesting of like, this is truly untethered. You're running off doing whatever you want, which is pretty interesting to me on that side. And I don't... Oh, go ahead, Paris. No, no, please, please, go ahead. I was just going to say, I don't really foresee any benefit of the untethered gameplay. Like, I think it's a neat thing to show off tech-wise, but I don't see how that benefits anybody because it's not like if Paris goes off that... In in my world, that's none of that's gonna save for him. He's not really yep. benefiting off of that. Uh, all he's doing is kind of progressing my world. But maybe that maybe that's the goal. Maybe you're just kind of leveling up one person's game. Uh, it does seem like kind of like a feature that won't fully be utilized, but it's there if you want it. But and that actually leads perfectly into the point I was gonna bring up. Um, no uh, no matchmaking for the co-op. Yes, no matchmaking. This, which. I think actually makes a lot of sense for this kind of game to the exact point of what you're making, Andy. I don't want to be in a game with a bunch of random dudes that decide they're just going to go rogue and they're off doing their own thing. I, I want to play with people that I know so that we can coordinate and communicate and do it the right way. I understand some people won't be a fan of that. They're going to want some kind of matchmaking component. Hell, I've been you know bringing Destiny into it again. That's been an argument for you know high-level activities you know for nine years at this point. So I get it that some people are going to want it playing this and thinking about it being the untethered world that it is. I, I get it. it. Makes sense. One other point um, before I forget, uh, he all, he also mentioned about um, we asked about the, the always online. Cause you know, people have been talking about that yes. from a single player standpoint, they are looking at it to see Ooh, if okay. it is possible that they can decouple that. So there is an offline single player experience, no promises, but they, they've heard the feedback and they are looking at it to see if there's something they can do. One last quick bit of Great feedback. Question. Yeah. I, I, in the small time that I had with, with dying light Two, I found dying light Two's world to be a bit more dynamic than what I was experiencing here. And I don't know if that's, um, Again, we have, we also have the date night cycle there, which is kind of interesting. But I, I felt like I was able to find more things to go explore. There's a there's also a mechanic called the red mist in this game, mm-hmm. which you see red mist, you know that that red mist is coming from a certain source, and it's going to be this little statue that you have to destroy. And I found areas, a couple areas with a lot of red mist, and I'm going, okay, what is this red mist covering? What it, what is it hiding? Let me go find these statues the red mist hurts you you can't stand in it for a long time but if you destroy the statues it'll go away what is it hiding and i found nothing after killing like these three statues and i was like surely there's supposed to be something here that the red mist was like maybe a little treasure chest or a loot box so i found that a bit disappointing there there was instances where the red mist was hiding like an npc i think in one spot but uh i was a bit disappointed by that one encounter um 
yeah, that's kind of all I have there on the red mist mechanic. I'm not sure how that's going to be fully utilized uh, in the when the actual game comes out, but uh, hopefully I, we, they see some improvements there. But see, I'll, I'll add on to that. That's where I I want to remain optimistic about it, but can also be a concern to what you're saying, Andy, in that that's the appeal of the open world. I hope that my exploration and my going off the beaten path is rewarded, that Curiosity. there are secrets in there, that there's special weapon drops that I can only find if, you know, if I actually put in that effort to go explore and these things like the red mist to encourage me to want to go do things that aren't involved with the main story. So so that's kind of my optimistic hope on that. We obviously, to your point earlier, it did not get anywhere near enough time playing it. So there's still a lot of questions about it. But but at a surface level, things like that give give me hope that there's definitely a, a lot of depth to the open world of Redfall. Really right. good aim assist as well on controller. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Get ready to jump in. Of course, that has been our short games cast preview. We'll talk a bunch more about Redfall in the coming weeks over on the Kind of Funny X cast. You can find all things games here at Kind of Funny Games. Thank you so much for supporting us. Don't worry because you're only six weeks away until Redfall drops May 2nd, 2023 on Xbox Series X and S and PC. It has full crossplay with everything. And it's also on Game Pass. And the team is very excited for you to jump in on Game Pass. Thank you all so much for listening. Leave us comments down below. Leave us questions on what you'd like to learn more of from Redfall. And we'll talk about it on the Kind of Funny Xcast in the coming weeks. Until then, that's Paris. That's Andy. I'm Mike. This has been your Kind of Funny Games Cast. Peace.